Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. It's the Round Mound of Sound, Andrew Zimmel coming to you as we have a jam-packed show talking NFL draft. Where are the Horn Frogs going to go? Going to hit on that, going to hit on college football as we have some transfer portal news. Of course we do. It is that time of the year. And then, of course, men's and women's hoops to end it and check in on TCU Baseball. I'm concerned we'll get all to, we'll get to all of that and more. All right. Gotta remind you, subscribe, rate, review the podcast wherever you get the podcast. You know the drill. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. Help the brand, leave a review, leave a good review, subscribe wherever you get the podcast so you can get it right into your earballs. Win free Heartland College Sports Koozie by leaving a rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Send a screenshot of your rating and a review. Please make it a positive one, right? To Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Get a lot of really good feedback from the fans out there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Hypnotoad fans, as we continue our little journey uh, through TCU athletics. All right, let's start. TCU NFL Draft Preview. The last time some of these guys probably might get mentioned on this podcast, uh, especially uh, guys towards the back end of it. We'll get into that. So, Here's the thing about mock drafts. I've been talking about it all week, talking about it all month. Mock drafts are a bane of my existence. Just like podcasts, everybody thinks they can do it. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a podcast. I'm saying you shouldn't pay attention to college athletics and come up with a mock draft, right? I think CJ Stroud's good. I think Bryce Young is fine, right? Like, I, I you can have opinions. But when you're outside of the very select few people who actually know what they're talking about when it comes to selecting players, when you're out of that select few people in that tight-knit circle of people who actually know what's going on in NFL front offices, it's hard for me, and I think a lot of people, to kind of distinguish what's real from what the noise. The hardest thing about the NFL draft in the mock draft kind of time period right now is that it doesn't have to be this way. If the NFL just moved the draft up a couple weeks, we could have fewer hot takes, fewer mock drafts, just fewer just noise. It's all white noise to me. So here's the deal. When we talk about these players, we're going to mention guys that we all know, right? Condre Miller, Quinn Johnson. We're, we're going to talk about some guys that you and I know intimately. We watched them on the gridiron. We watched them in the Fiesta Bowl. We've watched them the last two or three years of their college careers. Okay, we know what these guys bring to the table. I found some pretty, I, I think it's an okay mock draft. Um, it's from the NFL, NFL.com, uh, okay? So it's it's a reputable source. We're, we're going off of kind of where people think these players are going to fall. Now, I only have about, what, five players that we're going to talk about here. Other guys might get drafted. Other guys might sneak in to the back half of the draft. If that happens, we will talk about it next week. We will mention all of the different guys that got drafted. But I want to do a little bit of a draft preview where we can expect some of our players to go, where we can expect some of the Horn Frog alums to go. Okay, So that's what we're doing here. The first one and probably the number one guy off the board when it comes to TCU guys in the NFL draft is a no-brainer. It's Quinton Johnson. Right now, he's kind of sitting around the back half between 20 and 30 in the picks, right? He's a, he was a really good wide receiver in college. This is a relatively weak wide receiver draft. There's not a Justin Jefferson. There's not a 
Joe Burr, or there's not a, a Jamar Chase. You know what I mean? There, there's not that wide receiver that you look at and you say, okay, I'm looking at the next 10 to 15 years of this guy being a number one. But Quinn Johnson is the guy that right now, NFL.com, they have him slotted in at pick number 24 to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I care about this intimately because I am a Minnesota Vikings fan. I think that this pick makes sense. I think that Johnson in that position makes sense. I would have said early second round, late first round, that's kind of where my head was at when we came into the combine. That's kind of where my head's at when I've looked at a lot of different mock drafts. Johnson at 24 to the Vikings makes sense. I like this one because it's about a mid-round pick. His prospect ranking as a wide receiver is he's about the third best wide receiver in this class. Zay Flowers right now is looking to be like the number one receiver off the board, according to a bunch of different reports. His stock fell a little bit uh, due to a lot of NFL teams allegedly saying that they do not see him as a first-round pick. They didn't like the size. The Vikings, though, are thin at wide receiver. Again, I intimately know this team. I cover this team for my radio station. Uh, I, I know about the Vikings. I can tell you that. Okay, Losing Adam Thielen, one of the all-time best in a Minnesota uniform this offseason, the Carolina Panthers, leaves that position open. Okay, Justin Jefferson, clearly wide receiver number one. KJ Osborne, a little bit of an unproven wide receiver two. Quinn Johnson's coming out of a TCU program that like to use him in the slot. They like to use him in open space. We saw it in the Fiesta Bowl against Michigan. We saw it a little bit against Georgia. He can get into space. He can make things happen. Now, he has NFL speed. Does he have NFL hands? That's really where the, the question is. 15 years ago, 10 years ago even, drafting a quarterback or drafting a wide receiver in the first round raised some eyebrows. Okay, Wide receivers normally don't go in the first round. Unless you're a Megatron, a Calvin Johnson, unless you're a Justin Jefferson, you, you kind of shy away from wide receivers. So, two things working hand-in-hand. Hand. Wide receiver stock in this draft, lowest it's been in a couple years. This isn't a good wide receiver draft. Quinton Johnson being a good wide receiver. Okay, I'm not going to put him in that conversation of the greats. He's a good wide receiver. He's a solid guy. You can plug, in, plug him in, and he can play week one for you. He's got the NFL speed. I like the pick at 24. I Again, I say late first round, early second round. That's kind of where I think Quentin Johnson's kind of pegged. This is one that was interesting. Moving on. Offensive guard, Steve Alva. Okay, The Panthers is where the NFL.com has him picked at number 39. Second round, middle second round to the Carolina Panthers. This isn't a bad pick either, especially when you consider that the Panthers, by all reports, number one overall pick, they're looking at quarterback. They're looking at their quarterback of the future. They're looking at Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, we heard this week. I don't know how much I buy into that. You're looking for an offensive line, a guy that can keep your quarterback upright. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve Alva, he ranked 49th in the average assignment rankings. He there was a riser in uh, the after the draft combine. They have struggled at guard, Carolina Panthers, the last couple of years. So I like that pick. Uh, again, mid-second round, Carolina Panthers is uh, where NFL.com has him going. Moving on, Traverius Hodges Tomlinson. Okay, third-round pick. They have him going to the New York Giants. Again, corner for the for the Horn Frogs this past season. Good talent. 
His stock rose because the New York Giants, they have a want and a need. Tomlinson was a Hodges, uh, or Hodges Tomlinson was a Jim Thorpe winner playing a ton of man coverage for the Frogs in a conference that throws the ball a lot. Now, that's the other thing you got to think about. You look at the Giants, the New York Giants in the conference that they are in, the NFC, where there's not a ton of great quarterbacks, and in a division in the NFC East where the best quarterback probably is, what, Dak Prescott? You get a corner that can give you man-to-man coverage. That matters most, not so much weeks 1 through 17, but in the playoffs. If you can have a man-corner cover, a man-corner in the playoffs that can keep up with their guys, that could be the difference between a first-round a wild card game win to potentially a NFC championship appearance. And I think that the Giants are kind of looking for that. They're looking for a corner. Uh, Hodges Tomlinson in the third round, I think is excellent um, value for your pick. So that would not shock me. Again, pick 89. I was thinking more early third round. NFL.com, their scouts have him uh, towards the back of the third round. Okay, moving on. Fifth round is where the NFL.com has Condre Miller selected, but they have him going to the Dallas Cowboys. Now, this is interesting to me for a number of reasons. First off, Miller probably was, what, the second or third best running back in the conference behind uh, B. John Robinson and uh, the guy out of uh, Kansas State. So you're looking at Miller as a guy who's going to be a good, not great NFL running back in a lot of people's opinions, right? Having him go in the fifth round feels a little bit low to me, especially when you consider the rest of the running back class. There is a big drop-off between uh, Robinson, who people are now talking about being a top-10 pick. I don't know if that's the right call. I digress. There's a big drop-off between a first round and a fifth round. I think Miller in the fifth round is excellent value. As a TCU fan, I'd like to see him go a little bit earlier because I think he is more talented than that. I do not think that he goes to the Dallas Cowboys. I think that the Cowboys draft a running back before the fifth round. I don't think they draft two running backs with the picks that they have. However... Again, I think he'll go earlier than that, so potentially a team might, I don't think, trade up for him, but I think that he will go before the fifth round. Uh, Good speed. He's talked about in the same kind of vein as Tony Pollard as a pass-catching running back. We saw him do that in the TCU offense. In the NFL today, you need to have a pass-catching running back, so I don't really think that that is, uh, I don't think that separates him that much. It used to be one of those things that if you have a running back in the NFL draft that could catch balls at the backfield, that was automatically a couple points in his favor. Now I feel like that is where the bar is. Your running back has to catch passes out of the backfield. You have to have the Miles Sander-type running back, a guy that can catch swing pass and go. I think that now, instead of getting points for catching balls, you are now deducted points if you can't. I think that that is kind of where... We are now at the running back position in the NFL. So, again, Miller in the fifth round. I feel like that's a little bit late, but that's where they have him pegged. All right, this is where the big question is, and this is why I, I wanted to leave this to the very end of the NFL draft preview here because there's a name that's missing. He's a guy that went to New York. He's a guy that was a runner-up for the Heisman. He was the second-place guy at the Heisman. And this, to me shows the difference between the NFL 10 years ago, the NFL NFL 5 years ago, and the NFL now. Because Max Duggan is not on a lot or not on any mock drafts. I went through a bunch of them for guys that actually know what they're doing. We're talking NFL. We're talking The Ringer. We're talking ESPN. We, I went through a ton of Tom McShay, 
Mel Kuyper. I went through their mock drafts because those are the guys that I trust. I don't trust Junior living in his mom's basement who claims that he's watched every single college football game for the 2022 season. I just don't buy it, right? I don't buy it. I look at Duggan and I say to myself, when he was playing, this guy's a winner. This guy's in the same vein of the Colt McCoys, the Tim Tebow's. This guy is a winner. He's a dude who's a competitor. He came off the bench last year. He lost the starting job. He won the starting job back. He got invited to New York. Ten years ago, that would be enough for him to be a first-round pick. I look at it this way, too. Duggan is six foot one, 207. I do not think that Baker Mayfield is that much bigger. Now, Baker Mayfield won the Heisman, but I would argue that Duggan had more success didn't have better numbers, but had more team success because he played for a national championship this past year. I argue he has more team success, he's a better team leader than Heisman winner Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield was the number one overall pick to the Cleveland Browns. That happened in 2018. Don't forget that that happened. Cole McCoy was a first-round pick, again, to the Cleveland Browns. Tim Tebow, he won a Heisman, he won a national championship. He was a first-round pick to the Denver Broncos. But because of the NFL today, Max Duggan might not get drafted. He might go to the XFL or the AFL, which to me is insane. You look at the strengths on his uh, combined report, right? His strength, physical and mental toughness. He's got the ability to scan through progressions, compact release. He's unafraid to challenge safeties when the opportunity arises. We saw him this year take shots down the field. He's not afraid of really anything. He's a baller. Weaknesses. Six foot one, 207. He's got a below average deep ball, doesn't have a lot of power on his throws. So, this is from an area scout for an NFC team. Okay. Great makeup and leadership. I don't think he's super talented, but I think coaches will like him more than some quarterbacks in their room, which means he's going to be a career backup. His comp, Sam Ellinger, which I would argue Max Duggan had a better single season than Sam Ellinger. Now, Ellinger might have had a better career at Texas. I think Duggan, in his final season at TCU, had a better single season than Sam Ellinger, which is saying something. Duggan not getting drafted, to me, would be a mistake. I think NFL teams would be mistaken not to pick him in the NFL draft. If he goes undrafted and then signs with a team as an undrafted free agent, he could be a Brock Purdy. He could be a guy that you sign, you have him on the scout team, He's not afraid to compete. He can work his way up. Right now, as the NFL draft approaches, Duggan not expected to be selected, which is a shocker to me. I feel like at the worst, he's an NFL backup. At the best, I don't think that he's a guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. I think that he's a guy that will not lose you a Super Bowl, if that makes sense. You know, everybody gives Trent Dilfer a lot of crap, but Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Okay, everybody gives some of these less talented quarterbacks, less physically gifted quarterbacks, a lot of shit. But look, you, not everybody can be Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. The majority of NFL quarterbacks are Max Duggan. And I think that the thing that Duggan has that a lot of these other guys don't is the ability to continue to work hard, continue to progress. Cole McCoy, he dealt with injuries. Tim Tebow, he refused to learn how to play the position of quarterback at the NFL level. Baker Mayfield. Again, at his very best, he was a playoff type of winning quarterback. At his worst, he's hurt. So I, I think that Duggan, on the right system, the right team, 
could have himself a very solid career, potentially as a backup. I still think that he could win games at the NFL level. I'm very disappointed that according to all the mock drafts as we come into this week, he will not be selected. Again, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I think that TCU has a pretty good chance of getting one guy on the first night, and I could see potentially between three and five guys getting drafted for the Horned Frogs. All right, shifting gears. Let's talk football. Football, football, football. Minnesota, Golden Gopher. Dylan Wright, he commits to TCU, jumps in the transfer portal. So TCU football, roughly a dozen or so players opted out after the spring game, which is something that we saw uh, at the very most. We saw it with uh, Colorado. Deion Sanders, prime time. Those guys don't want to play for Coach Prime. I don't understand why. Maybe it's because kind of seems like an asshole in those uh, in those meetings, but, you know, hey, that's just me, right? TCU football, they lost a fair number of guys to the transfer portal as well. They gained one, though, with San, or Dylan Wright. He's the first post-spring addition to the 2023 roster. The former, Dylan, the former receiver for Minnesota, Dylan Wright, he announced his commitment on social media on Sunday. He's already joining a loaded receiver core that includes JoJo Earl, Oklahoma State transfer John Paul Richardson, and LSU transfer Jack Beck. So a lot of guys, a lot of, or Jack Beach, I should say, a lot of guys transferring over. Wright spent two years in Minnesota catching 34 passes, 645 yards, five TDs, six foot three, 210 pounder from Dallas, four-star recruit out of high school. He's got his opportunity to finish his career in his home state. TCU's already lost two receivers to the transfer portal. That's Blair Cornwright uh, and Jordan Hutchinson. They both left the program. So you lose two to the transfer portal. You bring one back. You'd like to bring one more back. I would not be shocked if that portal doesn't open again for TCU as uh, we continue with the spring and go into summer. Basketball. Oklahoma State transfer Avery Anderson III. He committed to TCU. The men's team, red hot this offseason in the transfer portal. They got uh, Avery uh, or Anderson III. He committed to uh, head coach Jamie Dixon. He becomes the fourth TCU player through the transfer portal. That includes Jameer Nelson Jr., uh, Isam Mofis, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, Trayvon Tainson. He was a three-year starter for the Cowboys. Anderson averaged 11 points, three and a half rebounds, and three assists per game while shooting about 40% from the field and 82% from the charity stripe. Another player to return for the TCU team, a team that went very far, round of 32, uh, Chuck O'Brien, O'Bannon, correction. Chuck O'Bannon Jr., he comes... uh, Back to the team, former four-star and McDonald's All-American, out of college, or out of high school, he signed with USC, and now is back with the Horn Frogs. Why is this important? Connectivity. You want to have guys that were on the team the year before. Jamie Dixon's trying to build a program here. You can't have everybody be one and done. So TC is not that good yet. They can't be like the Kentuckys, the Dukes of the world, where guys just rotate in. I still say. I think TCU is better next year than they were this year. I think a Sweet 16 bid is not too much to ask for from the basketball team going forward. Okay, that's where the new bar is. Winning the conference is cool. I'd like to win a Big 12 conference at some point, hopefully next year. We'll see what happens. But I think with the addition of some guys, uh, and I'm not saying Chuck O'Bannon Jr. is going to be the main reason that this team is going to be good next year. I do think that he will be an integral piece to TCU continuing to try to get better every single 
uh, season. All right, moving on. Women's basketball. Arizona transfer Madison Connor. She signs with uh, TCU. Mark Campbell, we've talked about him, comes over and uh, has immediately hit the ground running with TCU women's basketball, a program that has been abysmal the past couple years. He brought a Sedona Prince from Oregon, the number one transfer uh, in the portal. Now he brings in another Pac-12 transfer, the 5'11 guard from Chandler, Arizona. She was a four-star coming out of high school, the 71st overall recruit in the class of 2021. 66 games with Wildcats, averaging about 12 minutes per game. So not a big minutes player for the Arizona team, but I think on TCU she has a chance to be pretty special considering TCU women's basketball has not been very good. So you join a program that's trying to kind of have a hard reset, you have a chance to make a difference. So also, let's be completely honest here, the options outside of college basketball for some women's basketball players, not exactly great. When you look across the globe, the WNBA only has so many teams, only so many roster spots, and I know a lot of players having to go overseas, some of them very much like Finland, others not big fans of not speaking English. So I think that uh, I think that uh, Madison Connor has a chance to be an integral part, but again, we want to mention at the back end of the podcast. All right, wrapping up the podcast, this is important. TCU baseball, since I said at the beginning of the year that they had a chance to win the conference and I thought they were the best team, they have had a free fall. This team has been very middle of the pack. They are right now looking at a uh, – they're 7-8 and eight in conference. They play a game on Tuesday night, but that game does not really matter all that much because the series, the season – I'm not saying rides on this weekend series against the University of Texas at home, but boy, oh boy, is it the most important series, in my opinion, of the season. TCU hosting Texas, a team that is also trying to find their footing. Texas is 8-7 and seven in conference. This is a winnable series. And if you sweep Texas, all of a sudden you are now in the conversation for a potential at-large bid, and I feel a lot better going into the conference tournament at the end of May. All of this matters because TCU has not been great. Right now, they're ranked 50th in the RPI on D1Baseball.com. But here's the thing that really irks me. 5-4 and four against top 25 teams. 5-4 and four against top 25 teams. That is good. That would be enough to get you in the top 25. Okay, 5-4, and four, that is enough to kind of boost you up. Maybe not top 25, maybe top 30. You have a higher ranking. TCU is 1-4 against teams ranked 26 through 50 in the RPI. They're losing winnable games. The pitching is not showing up in these games that TCU has to win. They haven't won games that they have to win. This series in Fort Worth against the University of Texas is a winnable series. The University of Texas coming to Fort Worth is important. It's an important series. I expect uh, to talk next week about TCU bouncing back and having a really good series against Texas, but I wanted to wrap the podcast up on that. The majority of it, of course, NFL draft stuff. We want to talk about the different players. We want to highlight some guys that we expect to go, and you know, we, we want to celebrate that because it's important to the program. It's important to Sunny Dykes. It's important to get recruits. You get a bunch of guys drafted, all of a sudden you're going to get better players because guys, hey, dudes want to play in the league. Who would have guessed it? It's important that TCU has guys drafted but it's also important that TCU baseball doesn't embarrass us this weekend against the University of Texas. I have a lot of bragging rights on the line here. 
know a lot of UT guys, a lot of UT grads. UT grads do not need to be them. Don't need them to be talking to me about TCU baseball losing. Okay, sweep Texas, and uh, I feel everybody will have a little bit of more pep in the step. Put it that way. All right, thank you for listening to the Hypno Toad podcast. Remember, please like, subscribe, rate, review, do everything you need to. Share it with your friends, with your family. The podcast is growing. It's growing. I'll tell you that. Springtime, summer, we're going to keep hitting you once a week with some of the best Hypnotoads, some of the best TCU content available. And remember, please screenshot your rating and your review on Apple Podcasts. Send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com for a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Very important as summer rolls around and we need cold beverages. That'll do it for me. I will talk to you guys next week as we recap all things happening in TCU Athletics. Talk to you guys next week.